You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Tiger Nation. Welcome to Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Monday through Friday, a glance into Clemson Athletics, including the number one team in college football, Dabo Sweeney, and the Tigers getting set for another showdown on Saturday against Syracuse. On this episode today, take a look at fact or fiction to kick things off. Got three of those for you. I'll go over them in detail, including a look at the Heisman Trophy race. Also, going to dive deep into turnovers and how they're affecting Clemson and how it's really been fueling the dominance of the Tigers, how the defense forcing them works well for the offense. You'll hear from defensive coordinator Brent Venables on why the turnovers have been occurring as of late, and you'll hear from Trevor Lawrence on what they mean for the offense. And then finally, going to wrap things up on a Thursday episode with a look at what tests the Tigers have to pass this weekend. Big, huge favorites. The Clemson's going to win this ballgame. The question is by how much. So the next question needs to be, what can they get from this game and what will test them and how will Clemson show what they need to show against a pretty weak Syracuse team? Also, what can Syracuse get out of this game? Going to discuss that. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. Thank you for joining me here. Follow me on Twitter, at Brad Sinkoff. That's with a W at the end. It's S-E-N-K-I-W. And Please tell your friends, your family, everybody about the Locked On Clemson podcast. Let's get right into today's episode with three fact or fictions. I'll throw out a statement to you, and I'll let you know whether I think it is fact or is it indeed fiction. Let's start with a question about the Clemson wide receiver, and particularly Amari Rogers, who is off to a great start thus far in 2020, has become Trevor Lawrence's go-to player, He's not done it in a traditional sense. However, he is having a really big year. So, Amari Rogers, a top three wide receiver in the ACC. Is that fact or fiction? I think right now it's fact. Rogers currently ranks third in the ACC with 85.8 yards per game, just behind Syracuse's Taj Harris and Boston College's Zay Flowers, who leads the league at 92.4. He's played five games just like those guys right now in terms of receptions in the league. He's up there with uh, some of the bigger names in the conference, as well as Harrison Flowers, Tutu Atwell from Louisville, Hunter Long, Billy Kemp from Virginia, Jordan Addison from Pitt. Those are the only guys ahead of him right now. He's got 25 receptions on the season. His 17.18 yards per reception uh, actually ranks... Seventh in the league with players who have had at least 10 receptions. So, big start for Mario Rodgers, including the five touchdown receptions that he has right now. That is tied with Kerry Angeline from NC State for the ACC lead. From a talent standpoint, I mean, Mario Rodgers has it all. Uh, is he as, as blazing fast as a 2-2 at? Well, probably not. Uh, is he built like a Brevin Jordan, a tight end who's going to rack up a ton of big plays? For Miami, no, he's certainly not that size. But he looks very much like a running back who's playing receiver. And I think what's interesting about Amari Rodgers' role this year and the fact that he's become the number one receiver on this team, and he does lead Clemson 
in pretty much every category is the fact that he does it from the slot position. And you're so used to seeing those outside receivers, the T. Higgins, the Justin Ross, the Mike Williams, the uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, Nuke Hopkins. That's just not who Amari Rodgers is. And Tony Elliott talked about Rodgers after the victory over Georgia Tech, and, and he really went into detail about how Amari uh, has kind of just taken on this role of being the number one guy. And he was coming off his career day there, 161 yards receiving on six catches and had two touchdowns, including an 83-yard bomb over the top on a pass from Trevor Lawrence. But where he's really grown is he's just a pro, according to Tony Elliott, in every way. The way he prepares, the way he uh, trains, the way he works his body. And then what he does on game day now, where he's really taking his game to another level, is how he sets everything up. He finishes his blocks. He runs every single route, even when the ball's not coming to him, like it's coming to him. And he's taking a big step. I think he is one of the top receivers in this league. Now, he's not going to profile that way, but I think at the end of the year, I think it's a fact. Amari Rodgers really is right now, and very well could be by the end of the season, a top three receiver in the ACC. He's certainly going to get his opportunities with Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball. Number two fact or fiction, Clemson's best tight end is actually Davis Allen, not Braden Galloway. I'm going to go fact on this right now. If you watch what the offense is doing, Yes, Braden Galloway is supremely talented. No one's going to argue that. He's the most talented, most physically gifted tight end on Clemson's roster. But Davis Allen is wide open when Trevor Lawrence throws to him. You saw that against Georgia Tech when he had a big touchdown catch in the game. He's just, I mean, there's nobody around him. He's running free down the field. And he's an extremely talented blocker. You saw that. He's the one who sprung ETN in the week before. Uh, against Miami on the big run, it was Davis Allen who went in there and laid the block inside to set that up. And I think because he's such a good blocker, and, and, I, and I think he's an exceptional blocker, I think he's getting close to Garrett Williams' range. If you remember him, Garrett Williams was sort of the tight end H-back blocker extraordinaire who would, who would clear the hole and clear lanes for Clemson's running backs and quarterbacks. I think he's almost to that level blocking, but he can catch. He's got soft hands, he runs well, and I think when he's in the game, and now Clemson's probably at their best when they're in 12 personnel with two tight ends, but when he's in the game, defenses are worried about his blocking, not his receiving. And so when he does leak out, he can get huge chunk yard plays. They, they know who Braden Galloway is, and they surround him. I think right now, right this moment, I think you're seeing the offense run a little bit better with Davis Allen at the tight end position because he's the guy who's getting open the most. Doesn't mean Braden Galloway won't be a huge part of the offense, but you got to like what you're seeing out of Davis Allen if you're Dabo Sweeney and Tony Elliott. Finally, the last fact or fiction, the Heisman Trophy race is currently down to just two players. Number one, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, and number two, Alabama's Mac Jones. This is a quarterback award. We all know that. These two right now are playing at the highest level. They have uh, all the talent all the good players around them, and all the ability to stay among the best teams in college football this season, get all the recognition they need, and put up plenty of numbers and stats. Is this a two-man race? Can anybody else get involved right now? I say this is fiction. I think this is far from over. I still have been on record from day one. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. I still feel confident when I say that. But I think there's plenty of other players to get involved. Don't forget, Ohio State gets going this week. The Big Ten opens up their play 
this weekend. Justin Fields will be back out there. You know he's going to be a guy in contention for this. And it just feels like somebody else is going to come up and make a run at this. I, I, I think Mac Jones can stay in it throughout the year. I know Trevor Lawrence will throughout the season. But who else is there? Who's going to make that run? A guy who needs recognition, he's not going to get it, and he's not going to be talked about very much. But Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, they're only going to play seven games this year. That's not going to be enough to win the Heisman. I don't think it's going to be enough for Justin Fields to win the Heisman playing eight or nine games. But my goodness, Zach Wilson is maybe the most fun player not named Trevor Lawrence at quarterback to watch this year. He just does it all, and he's got tremendous passing ability in that BYU offense. It kind of rekindles some old memories for me. I remember the days of of, of Ty Detmer uh, and that era of BYU football. So seeing them being high-flying behind Zach Wilson is kind of fun. But who else? Who else can get involved in this? Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back, seems to be falling back a little bit. Didn't have a great game against Georgia Tech statistically. Jalen Waddle from Alabama, Najee Harris from Alabama, a wide receiver and a running back. It's it's great to put them up there in the odds here, but they're not going to win this award. It's going to go to a quarterback. Kyle Trask may have played himself out of with a loss already this season. You're really going to get dinged for that uh, right now, especially with, with shortened season here. Derek King, Devontae Smith, I, I just feel like a, a lot of these guys, very, very good players, not true Heisman candidates. When you're watching the best on the field, you want to take it easy. You want to relax. You don't have to be at your best. You just want to chill. And that's why Coors Light is the best thing to do on your weekends when you're sitting around watching football. Coors Light wants you that no matter what sport is on, World Series, college, NFL, Saturday's your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing, there's still plenty of other sports on. You can sit back and give you an excuse to enjoy a nice, chilled Coors Light. It doesn't matter. What you need to unwind with in sports, but you need to check out Coors Light. Cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, and it's perfect for that moment to unwind. Just remember to sit back. Make the most out of your weekend with Coors Light. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door. Check out get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. It's the one I choose when I need a relaxing day, because it literally is made to chill. Remember, always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let me guess. You're watching your figure. You're trying to eat healthier. You're trying to get enough protein in your diet. You're trying to make sure everything you put in your body is good for you. It's natural. It's what it needs to be. But gosh, you just absolutely miss those candy bars. Those That great chocolate taste. You don't have to surrender great taste for being healthy. Check out the improved Built Bar. It's even more deliciouser than before. Six brand new flavors among their 18 in total, like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. Every bar is covered with 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. It's absolutely perfect for those of you who are on the low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber kind of diet. Great for keto diet. As well, you will lose and maintain weight while enjoying that delicious treat. Don't rob your body of that great taste. Let Bill Bar help you out today. Check out the peanut butter. Eight. Go right now to BuiltBar.com. Type locked on in the promo code. Going to give you 20% off by simply just typing locked on, one word, 
and the promo code 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The number one Clemson Tigers dominating so many areas statistically and especially on the scoreboard, obviously, where it matters most and coming off a 73-7 victory over Georgia Tech this week. They've now outscored their opponents 242-60 to on the season. That's through five games, averaging 48.4 on offense, giving them just 12 points per game on defense. And one of the areas they've really excelled, and it's really, I think, been one of the, the key categories that's fueled the dominance you've seen on the field is turnovers and the way that Clemson has turned teams over and when they've done it. You know, go back to the Virginia game. The Cavaliers had some momentum. They were on a key drive in the third quarter. It looked like they could cut into the lead. They go, they throw a pass up, and Andrew Booth makes a ridiculous 100 grab in the end zone, no less, to thwart the Cavs' scoring chances. And it's plays like that, you know, that they really turn the tide and keep the scoring low. And then what the offense is doing on the other side of that. First, here's what Brent Venables said about his young team that is maturing and how he thinks that as they've continued to understand what they're doing on the field and thinking less, it very well could be helping them force these turnovers. Uh, no question. You, you always want to say absolutely yes. And um, the game, when the game slows down, you can, you, you'll, you'll be in the right position. You'll play with more discipline. You'll, you'll make the layups. And sometimes the layups are the throw that's right to you, like Noam Turner's. He's, he did exactly what he's supposed to do. Don't try to do too much. Uh, he slid right inside, you know, that RPO. And um, sometimes they throw it to you, sometimes they don't. But don't get bored with doing the little things, you know, at a really high level every single play. And when you do, you'll make all the plays you're supposed to, and then and then you're going to start making, you know, some real special plays too. So uh, I think that definitely is, is a part of it. Playing with aggression is part of it. Uh, being aggressive and how you call plays. I think sometimes you try to speed things up. Uh, for people, uh, you know, just like the offense, they'll go fast and try to strain the defense. And what are they trying to strain? Your alignment, your assignment, your eyes, your keys, your footwork, your fundamentals, uh, your communication. They're trying to speed you up uh, uh, as well. So sometimes you do that, you know, philosophically. On the season thus far, Clemson has picked off six passes. All of them have come in the last three games. They have any in the first two. Really, when they've got here into the meat of ACC plays, when they've started really turning teams over with their secondary and making some exceptional plays. Plenty of knockdowns, pass breakups, that kind of thing as well. And they've done uh, probably better than, than I thought they would to this degree, to this point of the season. And they've also grabbed three fumbles off the ground. One of those, of course, was scoop and score for James Skowski back against the Citadel. But the Tigers have turned teams over, and they've capitalized on them. Here's what Trevor Lawrence had to say about what that does for the offense for the Tigers. Just get more confidence. I mean, um, you're not – I guess being at Clemson, I've never had to really worry about our defense anyways, but just you have a lot of confidence in those guys that, um, you know, if something happens, you know, we don't score, we turn it over, we have to punt, any of those things, you just feel more confident that, okay, they're going to get a stop, we're going to get another chance here in a minute, so – this is a lot of confidence for us. We can play more free. And then on the, on the, uh, in addition to that is just always having to be ready. I mean, we were sitting on the sidelines and boom, they get a turnover, boom, we're back on the field. So it's always being ready 
And when it's fourth down, we have 100% confidence that they're going to stop them. You know, we're getting up, ready to go out there instead of just kind of waiting, like, oh, they're probably going to get the first down. And our defense, I think, stopped them every time on fourth down. So uh, that's that's awesome as an offense. Gives you a lot of confidence. Through five games last year, Clemson had eight turnovers forced this year, nine through the first five games. And I think that's a real test to what Venable's doing with this defense because he doesn't have – Tanner Muse, he does, who led the team in, in or was one of the team leaders in interceptions last year. He doesn't have Isaiah Simmons, one of the team leaders in turnovers forced last year. Doesn't have Kayvon Wallace. Doesn't have AJ Terrell, who's in the NFL. All of those guys playing on Sundays now, and he just simply doesn't have that. He's got inexperienced players back there in the secondary, but they're still forcing these big plays up front. The guys are hitting hard. They're forcing some fumbles. You saw Miles Murphy forced one on a sack the other day of Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech. Didn't come up with the ball, but still, it was just a great strip play, strip sack play that you you see in the NFL. And it, it's just the, those that kind of talent is really taking center stage right now for the Tigers. And I think the turnovers will continue on the defensive side, and as long as the offense p- continues to protect the ball. And Trevor Lawrence did throw his first interception since last year. Uh, the other day against Georgia Tech, I still think this team is just unbelievably difficult to beat. you got to have turnover luck. And right now, that simply isn't going other teams' way against the Tigers, who are so prolific on offense. Coming up next, going to tell you what Clemson needs to prove in this game. What's their biggest test against Syracuse? A 47-point favorite. They're going to win the game, but what else can they do in this one? I'll let you know about that and what Syracuse is playing for as well. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every game in college football matters. There's no question about it. But it's really hard to get excited and psyched up for a game when a team is a 47-point favorite. That's what Clemson is facing going into Saturday. Is They've got to figure out a way really to to kind of keep the focus. Uh, Dabo Sweeney. Of course, as he does every single week, you know he he preaches windshield mentality. He preaches this game is the biggest game on the schedule, and all those things that have been permeated in his program for years. But the fact of the matter is, when you're a 46, 47 point favorite, it's really hard to convince people, fans, players, even that this is this is the biggest game of the year. This is a huge deal. I mean, Clemson, you feel like could sleepwalk through this. Now, the history against Syracuse is a little rocky. Sure, two years ago, the Orange had the Tigers on the ropes, and it weren't for Chase Bryce, who's currently at Duke, coming in to, to relieve an injured Trevor Lawrence, throwing a big pass play to T. Higgins to set up the go-ahead score, and Clemson steal the win in Death Valley, when really, I, I think Syracuse outplayed Clemson for probably 50 minutes, 55 minutes in that game, and for, for the most part, and then, you know, Three years ago was the last time Clemson lost an ACC game in the regular season when they went up to 
the Dome and lost to Syracuse when Kelly Bryant went down with an injury and the Tigers could not muster enough offense. Eric Dungey was a problem. Eric Dungey's not there anymore. He's not he's not behind center. And this Syracuse team has struggled mightily with Rex Culpepper, with Tommy DeVito behind center this season. That's not going to change in this game. Clemson's still going to win comfortably. But there are so many young players who are still developing. This was a key game for them. I think the test that is in front of Clemson, it's not for Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and Amari Rodgers. Those guys are going to have huge games. You know that. You've watched them all season. They're going to dominate this opponent. It's getting the young guys on the field. Do you see, and let's let's hope that DJ Uyangole gets out there. It'd be nice to see the young Phenom quarterback play in this one. But even if it's Hunter Helms or even if it's you know if it's um, Tyson Pumachon who had surgery on his hand this week and was back at practice, whoever's a quarterback, can they continue to do some of the things that Trevor Lawrence does with this offense? Do we see this progress? Or do you see this sort of governor put on the offense? You didn't see it when Hunter Helms came in the game against Georgia Tech. I don't know if you're going to see it this week either against Syracuse, but maybe DJ Uyongole can get out there and just just take the reins off. Let him run the system. Let him run the offense. Let him showcase that big arm, throw the ball around, make some big plays, do all those kind of things. If if Clemson can do that, uh, I think that's certainly something that people need to see. I think it needs to be on film a little bit for other teams that, hey, DJ can play. If he comes in the game, no matter what the situation is, you have to count for him on a lot of different levels. I think that's important for down the road. So really, the test is for the young guys. Can they continue their development? Dabo Sweeney said that his team really grew up against Miami and really improved against Georgia Tech. Do you see that carry over? Can they pass the test of this team supposed to be blown out? Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Syracuse is not good enough to keep this game close. Clemson can sleepwalk through it. But why? Why sleepwalk through a game when you're the better opponent? Show up, do your job, get it done in the first half, and sit back and rest and enjoy the second half and let the young players play. That's the test for Clemson to pass this week. As for the Orange, wow, just do everything you can. I th- This is not a team that can run the ball well, and I'll get into that. Some of the, the mismatches between the offenses and the defenses coming up on Friday. But this is a team that does not run the ball well, uh, has not gotten good quarterback play. The defense has has played okay at times, and they're going to have their hands full with, with Trevor Lawrence and company. But really for Dino Babers, you just don't want to give up what Georgia Tech did. You don't want to give up 70. I don't know. I don't think that Dino's on the hot seat right now, but his team's not trending in the right direction. And you just kind of wonder uh, what the next step is for Syracuse football. It's not beating Clemson. Not this year. This is not 2017. But just try to keep the score somewhat hospitable so that when the scores are flowing across the bottom line, people's eyes aren't wide open like they were when they saw Clemson knocking off Georgia Tech 73-7. to So, Dino, keep it under 70. This is going to wrap up today's episode. Please make sure you follow me on Twitter. It's at Brad Sinkoff. That's with a W at the end. And please let everybody know about the Locked on Clemson podcast. You can... Go and subscribe. You can download as well. Leave a rate and review. And let me know. Give us some feedback on what you think about the Locked On Clemson podcast. Coming up tomorrow on Thursday episode, it's Tigers and the Pros. And it was another big week for several former Clemson Tigers in the NFL. I'll let you know about what they did this past Sunday, what the matchups look like coming up this week. And then also, 
going to get some updates, some final words from Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney before he takes his team into the Syracuse game in Memorial Stadium Saturday at noon. Still a lot to get to in a busy week here on the Locked On Clemson podcast. Make sure you check out the Locked On College Football podcast. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow, Tiger Nation.